Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is live from 6th and Peabody with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Look at the new digs. Behold. Look. Look around you. Behold. Can't How about see my, it, Chad? Can't see my face if you're watching right now, so I'm going to have to get a little <laughs> closer to Hutton. This is sort of the dream. I've always wanted to sneak a little bit closer to Jonathan Hutton. You're now I'm going to have to. You're in there. Why are you moving? 6th okay, and Peabody, Yeehaw Beer, Old hey, Smoky well, Moonshine. I can't move the mic anymore over here, Paul. You can't. Ben... Friday edition. Jake, Gentlemen. Please, help me out over here next time. Come on. There we go. Now we're good. We're all set. You're fine. I am excited uh, to be here in our new, newly renovated studio. Excited to get you ready for the weekend. Uh, so much to talk about today. And gentlemen, I may be most excited about the man, the myth, the legend, the man in black himself, John McClain yes. in our fair city in Nashville, Tennessee, here for the Texans-Titans, and he will be here with us live in studio. Dare I say you'll be moving your seat for that one. Yes, or I'll just be uh, <laughs> sitting here in McLean's lap is also a possibility. Santa Claus, that's the, that's Santa the Claus type setting? John that's will be dream. here with us uh, in two hours. Looking forward to it. I have to tap on John's shoulder while I'm sitting in his lap to ask permission to speak into the mic. John, may I ask you a question now? He has to sure, move the mic to Chad me. Lack, go ahead. It'll be great. Looking forward to that. I, uh, I don't know how I feel about this sweater, Chadwick. I like the sweater. I don't like the pocket. Not a fan of the pocket? Not a fan of the pocket. Chad, um, your, your thoughts on Paul's fashion advice? Um, I'm not I, I'm not loving Paul's shirt today. I brought I this say. shirt kind of out of the, the further part of the closet. I put it back in the rotation. <laughs> I've received. Uh, it, I'll admit that. Paul's shirt is, is out of the closet. It is funny, though, because I can always rely <laughs> came on Paul. out of the closet, this shirt. <laughs> I can always rely on Paul to give me the, uh, the contrary opinion to most. Two different people today have commented on the sweater in a in a glowing fashion. I think it's a great sweater. I said, I really pocket. like that sweater it's on the you. pocket. And then, That's a great sweater. The pocket sets it off. That shirt was deep in the closet for a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was, it looks fine, Paul. It was a gift. It's um, terrible. It's, it's a brand. It's a brand that Hutton <laughs> uh, knows Republic. and loves. It's not Banana Republic. No, this is, Oh, this uh, is, this humble is, brag. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna give them uh, anything until they start paying, but they're, maybe they're paying Hutton. I don't they, know about they're, it. They're paying so much. Goods. It's a brand that both Hutton and I love that He's Hutton knew cricket. about first. Yes, it's cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Hutton can say it. <laughs> yeah, you won't say it, but allow <laughs> Hutton to say it. Yes. It's all good, Chad. What happened I don't to the get voice, anything free huh? from them. It, I woke up in like and you this. You said it was bad, and that you were talking to us, and it was normal as soon as the mic came on. I, now it uh, sounds bad. I knew it was gonna be a, a, a rough day. Yeah, I feel fine. It's just my voice is gone. I mean, you've heard Hutton project, right, Sounds Paul? Sounds dreamy. You know that when oh, he yeah. projects, yeah, I knew right away. I talked to him for the first time. I said, when you go live, live on air voice yeah. and you're talking louder, that's when we're going to hear the lack of I voice. Really, it's strange because talking to you, you said something about it, and I said, I don't really hear it, just a little bit. I could but tell look, yesterday we you were stopped up. Like you, could, you, could, you could hear some yeah. congestion in your voice, especially for the first hour of the show. So then when I first heard you, I thought, 
Hutton might struggle a little bit there in the voice Can department. I just speak to the roundness of this desk? We've been sitting relatively square to one another with Hutton just out a little bit. New but studio today. we have today. been craving the rounded desk, and we've got it. And, uh, Chad, I feel like I'm looking at you from a whole new direction. It's, uh, it's built for conversation. It, it really opens up the room, right? Like Now I can see more of our space also. I can see... You know, behind us, we've got shelving now. We've got uh, Yeehaw Beer. We've got Old Smoky Moonshine. I'm looking directly at Jill see. Savage. Yeah, we've got Jill here for Outkick the Tailgate tomorrow. I can see, I can even see a different angle of Jacob. Jacob normally has to peek out around the monitor to see me, but now I can see half of his Beautiful face. Beautiful Jacob's face. We have this one eye eye contact that we can make now. It's really <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> wink at Chad now, please. Yes. He can only wink. <laughs> The problem is he only wink with his right eye, and I can only see his left eye right now, so that's going to be an issue. Patriots with the defense last night, dominant. And then they got the run game going, 134 yards rushing. Mac Jones with a touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. And all of a sudden, here are the New England Patriots, the surprise team in the AFC. I felt bad for Matt Ryan. The first one, he was getting crushed. He, sh- he should eat it, but, I mean, he's getting just buried by two different guys. And the second one is off a receiver's hand that it's got to be caught or at least uh, incomplete. The second two, by that time, he's just so frazzled. Uh, They were terrible, terrible, terrible throws. Uh, But a four-interception night, uh, God. I I took Simon to, to a hitting and a pitching lesson, and I was glad to have missed a good share of the game. We, we called the dud. We got a dud. Um, I hit the first game of a big parlay that I've got planned that cannot go wrong, I'm telling you. So, uh, Patriots' fifth straight win. The Titans are going for their seventh straight. And that game in a week is looking really yeah. attractive. Oh, they, were, they were promoting that game last night on the broadcast. They were showing the upcoming schedule and I'm, said, this <clears> is going to be a big one. Can they move it? With the Titans well, coming they, to they New They could have, but they had to let the league know. Not the Sunday night, but the three. I'm they right. could flex it, but they're not going to. It's going to be a noon kickoff. Um, they, I, they announced this last week. They would have had to make the change last Sunday. And or was it Monday and and did not. I I don't know why they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. It makes it easier for me to get home. But I think for the national audience, it would have been a good one. I don't know what else is in that window. We'll we'll see next week. Not sure. But I don't know that you're doing much better than that. You know what's amazing to me, guys? So I I went down to Atlanta today via phone. I didn't drive down and and drive back. Wonder. I've got I've got a family in Atlanta. I've got a cousin who I'm really close to in Atlanta. He sends me a text this morning and says all of the talk on Atlanta Sports Talk Radio is how Arthur Smith sucks. It's ridiculous. And how Arthur Smith clearly got outcoached by a master <laughs> and that he's never going to figure it out. And I said, you guys are 10 games in. I think the Falcons are now 4-6. and six they got no talent. After that game. I said, you don't have an offensive line. No defense. Your best player, who, by the way, was made to be your best player because Arthur Smith finally cracked the code of yep. Cordero Patterson. Yep and how to properly use him, is injured with an ankle injury in that game. It was a bad night for Arthur Smith. It was a bad night for the Falcons. There's no way around that. But Arthur Smith in trouble? <clears throat> or Arthur's, Arthur Smith has done a really good job, I think, with this Falcons team with what he has this year. That was a bad game, and you don't ever want to get shut out in the NFL. But I was amazed, and, and he was sending me. This is what's being said by Atlanta Sports Talk hosts. I'm, I'm going around the stations. Everyone is talking about how Arthur Smith – just isn't the answer already. And I'm thinking, have we really come to the point where our patience is that thin? 
with someone that 10 games into the first season just run out of topics they're calling on it i mean come on i was listening to nfl radio this morning because i was listening to a game last night on my way home and so i just stuck with it and it's funny they were praising arthur smith actually um but here's what they were saying and this is very interesting and this topic's going to take off if the patriots keep going and i think the patriots are going to keep going did all these teams that took a different quarterback ahead of the Patriots who sat there at 15 and had Mac Jones fall in their lap, are they going to regret it? Is Atlanta going to regret it for taking Kyle Pitts when Matt Ryan's not look, looked so bad last night and they're going to need a quarterback eventually and they could have had him? Is Mac, Mac Jones going to be the story of this draft when San Francisco – you know, changed its mind apparently on him when the Jets in the same division went with a different guy. How soon, you know, that already there are rumblings of this story. If he goes good and Bill Belichick pulled this off over everybody, 14 teams ahead of him, many of them them. needing quarterbacks. Go right to them. No one wanted Mac Jones. Well, I also, I just keep in my mind, keep seeing that video of Mac Jones so purposefully walking to the podium when he got drafted. We're going to see that video over and over again, that goofy walk by Mac Jones when the Patriots finally drafted him, if that's the case. It really is kind of the modern-day equivalent of Brady. Nobody's going 199th. Yeah, I mean, But when your quarterback falls to 15, when everybody goes up and gets their quarterback, one, two, three. Well, so Trey Lance, I mean, you know, for all we know, Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench for a year. And he starts a year from now and is great, like Mahomes, after he took a year you know, on the bench in relief duty. Uh, who knows? Mac Jones is off to a good start. I mean, he seems like the perfect Patriot quarterback. Speaking of Patriots quarterback, Paul, I watched Man in the Arena last night, uh, the first episode. You, you're right. Very good. I was very impressed with it. There's nothing in there that I didn't already know. The package. But it's know. the way that it's delivered. It's, it's very slick. It's, it's slickly produced. In a way that's uh, compelling. Did it not feel I like an hour it. and a half also? Because no commercials and the pacing? I, I, thought, I thought it flew by. Um, but yeah, and, and I like the format of that with Brady. And it seems like every episode is going to have two different guest speakers. So when it's Drew Bledsoe and Willie McGinnis, the first one talking, Drew Bledsoe was terrific. That was my favorite part of the whole thing was his, him speaking Panda. on camera. And then the clips of him during that season trying to hold it in and be a good teammate. Which he did But well. also showing that frustration. Uh, I thought it was really good. And the story about him going to Mont... He was in Montana on a ski lift at 11 a.m. the next day after they won the Super Which Bowl in New really Orleans. really hard to do. And he broke down crying on that ski lift after not being a part of that and not getting to play in that Super Bowl. And Tom Brady... It's be- hard to get and he said it, he said it would have been a lot tougher if Tom was a, a bleep hole. But he was such a nice guy and so great about it. I could never be mad at Tom. Throughout that whole process. Nobody could get away from the Super Bowl that fast anymore. You, you couldn't be somewhere 11 o'clock the morning after the Super Bowl. I mean, Bowl I guess now. if you're the backup quarterback, you could. There's not a lot of people wanting to talk to you after the game. No, but I still think you, you've got to go back and check out, you know, yeah. medicals. and. Well, Tom Brady in that Super Bowl is doing all the Disney World spots and Good Morning America the next day. So he could probably just take off and go straight to Montana. How many times has Brady turned down the, the Disney trip? Probably six. <laughs> That's six times after the first one, or maybe five. Yeah, maybe after a while, you're like, yeah, no, second. thank you. 
Well, yeah. uh, not, I'm, I'm we curious down to get the your uh, opinion on this when you watch it because you love Brady maybe more than the rest of us. It, again, there's nothing – it's not as good as The Last Dance. I want to put that out there first. But it is very, very good. It's rare that I see a sports documentary on a subject that I know a lot about and I'm blown away by it. This was pretty close to blowing me away. It was, it was that well produced. I'm really in. I, I will watch uh, probably Tuesday. Tuesday's weekly now. Anyway, back to Mac Jones and the Patriots win last night. That was just a quick sidebar. Well, uh, just let's look ahead to the NFL weekend briefly. Uh, NFC for uh, playoff positioning, big weekend, I think, uh, as we move forward to week 11 and, and beyond. Because look at the matchups here. There are some teams that need to win. Vikings need to win. They're hosting the Packers. Um, What's your feel about the Vikings overall? Uh, to me, that's a team that, like, if they get in the playoffs, they're not a team that's no. surprising anybody and doing anything. So I don't want to see them in because they're not intriguing to me. Well, I mean, uh, they're going to be a there's going to be a bad team that makes the playoffs. Yeah, the Vikings may sides. be that. Yeah. Um, that's the game I want to see, Hutton. I want to see the seventh seed versus the seventh seed. Oh, the play a, in a knockout game <laughs> because that would be a good game, like Minnesota against Cleveland. You're getting that with the Bengals and Raiders this week, Paul. <laughs> Maybe Washington and Carolina. Another game, a big game for Carolina as, as they host Washington. And Cam starting. With That's Cam. been announced. Eagles Saints, I think, is very intriguing because yeah, those are seventh teams. Uh, exactly, uh, teams that are right on the cusp of wild card contention. Uh, the Saints need to win that game on the road. Back to back games outside of their division, tough ask, and. Their run defense will be on full display. It's no, More on that coming up later this hour. It's no accident, I don't think, that the cutoff is right there. Like the seventh team is not playoff worthy. Right. And the sixth team is playoff it's a, worthy. It's, it's, it feels a lot like the NHL in a, in a bad way, where you just you or, know, very average the, teams get in. Or kind of the play-in, the, 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 the Dayton play-in. Yeah. Um, the play-in game. Card- you guys have been the at first, The first four, you mean, Paul? Cardinals, right. Cardinals Seahawks. Not because the Seahawks, I think, are a playoff team, but the Cardinals have now lost back-to-back games without Kyler Murray. He's practicing this week. If he returns on the road at Seattle, that is a game they must win. Hopkins is out, has been declared out. So Murray, I think, is going into the weekend. And a very intriguing game on Monday night, Giants at Bucks. Bucks have lost two straight. That's a game that if they're looking for the number one overall seed, they can't let that game get away from them. So it'd be okay if Daniel Jones had a big game since I had to go three deep. Jones is um, – he, he's played okay. I mean, they, they're, they're only three wins, but they've won two of their last three, and that one game that they lost was the last-second field goal by Kansas City. They're, Giants uh, are playing much better than what they were a month ago. I think Giants fans <clears throat> want them to be bad because they want a house cleaning. They're done with Gettleman. They're probably done Well, with they're going to need a quarterback. Yeah. And not a great year for quarterbacks. The one problem with that. No, but could be in you know, free agency. Rodgers, Wilson. That's true. In the draft, Watson. though, at the very top, I mean, there's no slam dunk. I love Matt Corral. There's no real slam dunk. This isn't no, the I'm year for, for that. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no gold. Now, granted, tick- that's probably ticket. every three or four years that we go in with a prospect saying this is the definite Number one pick at quarterback. Right. But Got somebody every still winds tool. up going number one in this draft and being touted as, as a team saver still. Coming up, Withrow's top college games of the weekend. And uh, 
this weekend, one broadcast team in college football not allowed to call their team's games at Texas Tech. More on that straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on. You can chime in there, Outkick 360 on social. Welcome back, Outkick 360. 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Previewing the college football weekend. NFL discussion with John McClain coming up at 4 o'clock Central. John will be in studio with us as he arrives in Music City for the Titans and Texans on Sunday. Bobby Carpenter in an hour. Brent Hubbs joins us in about 45 minutes. Right now, though, Chad Withrow's top college football games for week 12 across the college football slate plenty to choose from the order is what i'm intrigued by here chad i I really like this week uh this is a light week in the sec this is a cupcake week in the sec the week before the final week of the regular season with rivalry week uh during thanksgiving weekend but i really like what we have nationally this week starting with number 10 ucla at usc this is an important game for Chip Kelly, who's in a little bit of trouble at UCLA, USC, obviously, lame duck situation there. Uh, that game is at 4 p.m. on Fox. Auburn at South Carolina. Shane Beamer, if he can beat Florida 40-17 to and then beat Auburn in year one to get to bowl eligibility without a quarterback, they are down to Jason Brown, their fourth-string quarterback. That's playing and played well against Florida. Yep. Big opportunity for them. Brian Harson and Auburn can save face a little bit with a win this weekend. I like that game also. Sticking in the, AC, uh, the SEC with game number eight, Florida at Missouri. This is a game for Dan Mullen's coaching life. That's in the Gainesville. only reason to watch this game. I think it's going to be a good game, too. I think it's going to be competitive. We need a Mullen cam. I think there's going to be, yeah, the, we need the side by side. where it's just Dan Mullen on the screen the entire game. Offensive plenty in this game. Tyler Beatty from Missouri just rushed for over 200 yards against South Carolina. Florida's had a real problem stopping the run. Florida at Missouri has a chance to be a shootout. If Missouri can win this game, everyone's going to start refreshing Twitter to see if Dan Mullen's been fired. If he wins, he gets a Mullen again. This was a a eight-and-a-half-point spread last I looked. Eight and a half, and I think it's now to seven or seven and a half. So some money coming in on Missouri in that one. Why are they a two-score favorite? Florida? Yeah. It's too much, too much. Florida is still much better what than is, Missouri. What does Vegas know? That's a good question. That is big. That is what we always ponder, isn't it, gentlemen? Yes. What does Vegas know? They gave up 52 points to Sanford, what and they're a two-score favorite against Missouri. What does Vegas know that we don't? And I'll go to game number seven okay. for that same question. Wake Forest is sitting here, number 10, 9-1 on the season, and they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Clemson. Clemson's got a great defense. Clemson's offense is atrocious. Wake Forest, the flip side of that, great offense, lackluster defense that gave up, I believe, 56 points to Army. So Wake Forest at Clemson this week, contrasting styles, like that game, noon on ESPN. Baylor at Kansas State. Baylor quietly having a very good season under Dave Aranda. This is another one. What does Vegas know? Kansas State, a home favorite in Manhattan, Kansas. That game is on FS1 at 530. That's the kind of game I'll now go bet Kansas State because the spread just seems 
uh, no logic to it whatsoever. I That's went right. wild this week with parlays. I did different time, like the early time games, block. midday games, night games, and I did parlays based on the timing of those games. We may talk about that a little bit later. Shall like we that. go to my top five of the week? College football weekend top five. SMU at Cincinnati. I contemplated putting this game higher. This is Cincinnati's last true test. SMU, very good offense under Sonny Dykes. This is probably going to be the last two or three they games. They have, what, eight wins? Yes. This, they're eight and two, and Cincinnati undefeated. Yeah. This will be the last two or three games that Sonny Dykes is the head coach at SMU because he's probably going to TCU after this season. So SMU at Cincinnati. If Cincinnati can win this game big... If they can go all in on this game and blow out SMU, what does that do for them? Does it make it more likely they get into the college football playoff? Time will tell. Game number four, Alabama can clinch the SEC West on CBS against Arkansas. It is the biggest game of the week in the SEC. It's two ranked teams. And guess what? Alabama's a four-touchdown favorite. Alabama's a 28-point favorite over Arkansas. Tennessee is a 28-point favorite over South Alabama. <laughs> Well, so this would Arkansas be is high. South Alabama to Alabama. This would be the upset of upsets of the season to me. But because Arkansas, they gave up 37 to Georgia, 52 to Ole Miss, 38 to Auburn, 31 to Mississippi State. The the trend here is not good for the Razorbacks. It's Razor too Bags. high. You're letting the rankings over well, influence you. Alabama's been spread. very hot or cold getting the run game going. LSU completely shut them down in the run game. Is this a week where Arkansas has been porous yeah. at times against the run? Can Alabama churn out a rushing attack this week and just bleed Arkansas to death in this game? That's a big question mark for me going into this one. And the Alabama only allows 81 yards rushing per game. Yeah. so It's going to make it tough. We saw Arkansas against a team that completely snuffs out the run earlier this year, and I believe they lost 38 nothing in that game to Georgia when that was a highly anticipated game. So Alabama, 28-point favorite. Still, it's the biggest SEC game of the week. Game number three, Iowa State at Oklahoma. Iowa State is a slight favorite in this game. Oklahoma continues to get zero respect. I get it. They've yet to beat a top 25 mm -hmm. team. They did not look good losing 27-14 last week to Baylor. I would take Oklahoma on the money line in this game. I've got no qualms about that. Oklahoma at home, I think, wins this game. Again, though, that's one of those weird games where Iowa State, a slight favorite on the road at number 13, Oklahoma, Iowa State unranked. Game number two, Jill Savage is, is thrilled with this one. Big, big Pac-12 girl. Oregon at Utah. What does Vegas know again? Oregon right now in the college football playoff, best team in the Pac-12. They are a three-and-a-half-point underdog in Salt Lake City against the Utes. This is the ABC primetime game. This is far and away the best game of night. This is a very early game heavy week. Most of the good games are at 11 a.m. Central this week. They get a little bit worse as the day goes on. This Oregon-Utah game from a national perspective, that is the game to watch Saturday night. Well, what this does, so two things. What does Vegas know? Vegas is not allowing the win over Ohio State to reflect in the, in the spread the same way the rankings are reflected. Number two, this also gives the Ducks an opportunity to impress because they're the underdog against Utah. Yes. And they usually play well in big games. I would go with Oregon on but this. But Utah, tough place like we talked about earlier yep. this week. That's a compelling uh, a compelling game. Takes a lot, sorry, Jill, to get me into I mean, Pac Utah lost to Oregon State. Pac-12. 
And I feel like Pac-12 does nothing for me. Yeah. Do we? Yeah, just two of us. <laughs> Sorry, we're teaming up on. Every time I think that you know we we overvalue uh, home mm-hmm. home field or conditions. Yep. Yeah, I feel like maybe Salt Lake City is one of those places that we overrate home field in this game a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I feel like Oregon should win this game, but hold on a second here. On we'll this. see. I, I'm a little surprised that you say that because it's in your your time slot. Well, that doesn't make it good, right? Well, okay. this is not the uh, Pac-12 after dark game. I think that's like Oregon State and Washington well, State, maybe. Yeah, something so like you'll that. You'll watch. It, I like you late want to games. Yeah, I like late games, but it doesn't make it good. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. But he'll be watching. Oh, I'll be well, watching. This one's <laughs> this one's at a reasonable hour. I'll, I'll be awake for oh, this I'll be entire driving. game. Yeah, this is too early for me. <laughs> <laughs> too like, early and maybe too good if it turns out to be good. <laughs> it, it should be a good game. A six thirty kickoff is like the old folks special for Hutton. Like, what is? We going to a buffet at four p.m.? No. <laughs> No thanks. I only want eight or nine p.m. or after for a kickoff. At least we get to watch Thibodeau. Yeah, I'm trying to see what the weather conditions are uh, for that game. I'd like him to be bad. Well, that's uh, you know, and I'm going we back to, like to I'm bad, going back right? to Brady and that special talking about the snow. And it was interesting how he put it. He said the snow's great. I love bad weather games because my mind works faster than right. most, and my, and my body moves slower. Right. So now everyone is on the Levels. same thing. They're skating around High and slow and plotting. Clear. Levels it up. There you go. So the snow was worse in that game than I remember. It's not like the weather is great in Oregon, too, though. It's one of those I would understand if it was USC wet going into a thirty degree game. It's wet versus snow. Maybe I I think it's a little overrated. We'll see. I I say this, and Utah win by four touchdowns because of uh, bad conditions. Game number one of the week, pretty simple. Michigan State number seven, Ohio State number four. This is twelve p.m. Eastern time on ABC. This Saturday. How about this spread? Winner of this game Yet again. is in position. Michigan rooting hard. It's going to be difficult for Michigan fans to do this, but they will. They're rooting hard for their rival Ohio State yes. in this game because that's Michigan's only hope to play for a Big Ten title is for Ohio State to win, then Michigan to beat Ohio State next week. If Michigan State wins this game, you're looking Kenneth, at your probable Big Ten State's East champion. not winning this game. It'll be a blowout. It's another number one game of the week. I don't it's know about that, Paul, because Kenneth Walker can win the Heisman tomorrow. Well, I've got they questions for Bobby They allowed 260 yards rushing to Oregon. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's the best running back in the country. Bobby you know who else could win the Heisman? C.J. Stroud. Yeah. in this game and next week. I don't, I don't know if he's winning it against Michigan State. Though. They're 20-point favorites. Who we'll talk to in a little while points out that Ohio State is stacked at receiver and Michigan State doesn't have a good secondary, and that's where this game, to me, will get decided. Yeah, 19-point favorite Ohio State in this game. Spreads are just so By the way, I, I had it backwards. Oklahoma's actually a slight favorite, three-point favorite over Iowa State at home. I would take Oklahoma to cover that three points, though. Against, this is against not, the, the disappointing Cyclones. One, one thing, the, the over-under here is 68.5 points. This is not the old-school Big Ten anymore. <laughs> This is high scoring. Yeah, and it, I would it, take the over. By the way, yes, yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny because you look around the Big Ten. I mean, the teams that are more plotting, Iowa, a Penn State, yeah, really offensively. I mean, it, it's it's sort of odd to see the programs that have stuck with that old Big Ten style and to varying levels of success. Wisconsin is another one. But I mean, you're not, I mean, they're not super. You're not playing that unless your defense is great, right? Nebraska could kind of play that style because they've got a really good defense and they've got a quarterback who loses them games. 
down the stretch in close games. Makes the big mistake. How about this? No college football playoff top four team has lost a game when they've been ranked in the top four and they've been favored by 14 or more since 2016. They're 50-0. 50-0. This is a 19-and-a-half point This also goes to show the divide that we've often talked about with those teams that are typically in the, the top four. Versus everyone else. It's also... And I even mean, the top four are blowout yeah, it's, games. It's hard to win when you're a 15 or more point favorite, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. Vegas. That's what that's why you're well, a big favorite in a game. It, those games don't happen often. That's why we spend a week talking about Texas losing as a 37-point favorite at home against Kansas. Yep. Because it's rare when those games happen. I can still remember a Jim Harbaugh coach Stanford team going to USC and winning as a 40-point underdog. In a game. It's one of the biggest upsets of all time. Yeah, I, I was curious about that Kansas game, like where it ranked all time. I'd, I'd need to go see if there's a list that comes out of that. So you gave us one that was worse. Yeah, there's but it's not, gotta be there's not many that five, are worse than that. Top 10 all time. It's pretty bad. I mean, I feel like uh, Appalachian State beating Michigan, this was like an offshore game time. because they weren't, at the time, they weren't <laughs> FBS, but it was a 42. You know, it was probably right around that so forty point three mark. Of them right where did there. you place your bet that day, Chad? Yeah. Well, where uh, was and, your account uh, with? I have a Haitian account, actually. Haitian. It was nice. in Port-au-Prince. Yeah. Nice. I've got. A, I actually fly down there on my private jet, and I've got a bank in Port-au-Prince, Haiti's, and I placed the bet Haiti's there. Tough. One big. I won huge on the. Uh, I really. I didn't even have to work these uh, all these many years later <laughs> because I went money line on in my Haitian account <laughs> on App State that day in two thousand six and two thousand seven. Actually, not only know why he's only doing this because he's bored. That's right. This profession. I love giving you guys knowledge. Were you old enough to bet offshore? 2007. Offshore I was, doesn't check IDs, Paul. It doesn't. I was also 25. So yes, I was yeah. even old enough to rent a car. Yeah. I was old. 25 is like the last bastion of age to do everything. That's right. Is that the car rental age? Yeah, 25. So you get to drinking, to voting, and then car renting. That's that well, car renting voting, is the last thing. Voting to drinking yeah. to car rental. Well, I wasn't putting them in order. In that I was order. Just saying. Oh, in our order, it was drinking. Voting, <laughs> yeah. car rental. That's in why most, <laughs> unfortunately, for most high school kids, it goes in that, that order. I don't know that it's unfortunate. We didn't do you anything can down too a, stupid. You can down a PBR. The stupidest thing, thing that three something. of us did was get a fork burn, and that, that was yeah. down at the other end of the table. Yeah, Chad. It's tough. Hutton and I stayed within reason. I don't, yeah, no burns. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no bodily no branding harm inflicted on, me. on right, anybody. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No we, all, we all stay within reason, I'm sure. <laughs> um, find evidence. Go ahead, find evidence. We, we've certainly done worse than call out officials on the air, right? No, we do that weekly. What BS from the Big 12? This is an NFL slash SEC slash college football power five BS move. Um, and it trickles down from the top, where in the NFL, you're not allowed to say anything about the officials. These power, oh. these power coaches, you know, shrivel up at a press conference and don't speak on officiating anymore when it's terrible in some cases. And it has gone now to the Big 12 where on the air, in a game where the officiating sucked, I mean, it was outright bad. The Homer broadcast team, which everyone knows they're for Texas Tech. The calls were not going in Texas Tech's favor. They are speaking on behalf of the Texas Tech fan. And they call out the officials. They say the Big 12 needs to do something about it. And what does the Big 12 do? They suspend the broadcast team. Yeah. They don't. They don't answer. They don't answer for the missed calls, or the butchering of the review process a couple of times. 
they suspend the Texas Tech announcers uh, for this game. Here's what was said by the Big Ten announcers. Uh, I'll say it right now. The Big 12 does not want Iowa State to lose this game. That was a big problem for the Big 12 because challenging the integrity of the officials in the game was an issue. And then they said, yeah, Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 commissioner, you need to answer to this. This is ridiculous. The inconsistency of this referee crew in favor of Iowa State, unbelievable. The Big 12 should be embarrassed. The Big 12 should be embarrassed with this group. We've only pointed out two guys. I'm now going to read all of them to you and go through the entire officiating crew uh, first and last name. The only thing that I could possibly imagine that the Big 12 would have any jurisdiction to take or a school would take action against these announcers if they read the names and addresses and family members and and business. Well, it happened on a message board. Okay. And someone, their business was ruined. Said this is where the person has a law firm or whatever business they had and they had to move the business because of it with a Kentucky deal. And I believe uh, Matt Jones was in some way behind that or someone with his group at Kentucky Sports Radio. Either way, that's the only thing I can see. Texas Tech would then step up and say, that's too far. Yeah. If you're naming family members right, or right. business, that they all that. They said the names that's in the program. It's like reading a roster. Yeah, they, they say the names before the game. You read the names of the officials before the game. So those names do nothing. And here's what I'm getting sick and tired of. Some business needs to grow some you-know-what. Learfield Sports and say, screw you, Big 12. There are employees. Texas Tech fans love them. They're going to they're work the game. You have no jurisdiction over our private employees. Now, the Big 12 would then come back and say, it is the, the individual member universities that select these broadcasters, even if their paycheck comes from Learfield Sports. Yeah, we Sports. approve them. Yeah. But now, this is where I want Texas Tech to step in and say, great, and they're fine with us. Until you give us an explanation for the game and the officiating, they're going to do their job next week. But no one will do that because it's this constant cycle of back padding, money changing hands, so they're all going to bow down to the big bad Big 12. The conference, every school will bow down to the conference in these situations. Look, the three of us are good friends. We talk for 15 hours a week and have good, energetic, conversations about a lot of things i much prefer when we have at least slightly different opinions on things and uh debate a little bit and you know maybe we don't change each other's mind or maybe hutton says something i say you know i hadn't seen it that way you've shifted my opinion a little bit or maybe sometimes i potentially shift your opinion a little bit or at the end we say you know what i haven't moved an inch on this thing and i think you're crazy but on these officiating conversations Everybody comes to the table with the same stance, generally, and everybody leaves the table. Not just the three of us, like everybody with jobs like these in America comes and says the taunting call against Cassius Marsh was ridiculous. Removing these guys for being critical of the officials during this game is ridiculous. That's not a fun conversation. There's, there's no wiggle room here. Chad, you're not. We're on the same exact page here. There's no conversation to be had. There's no discussion that's going to move anything. We're not going to influence the people who are making the decisions to change anything because every all the flags are firmly planted. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing entertaining about it. There's nothing informative about it. It sucks. Well, and there's also control what you can control in these situations. And I get sick and tired of the root problem of these issues. We can go back to the Tennessee Ole Miss game. 
We can go back to you know Mississippi State, Memphis with the same crew that worked the Tennessee Ole Miss game and just egregious officiating errors that affected the outcome of the game completely. And the league, Paul, you know, we all worked at a place where what would be addressed would not be the issue, but the person who addressed the issue. Yes. Let's let's condemn and and punish the whistleblower. The messenger. The messenger's the one. How dare you bring that up and not address the root problem yeah. of it? Stop pulling How out the obvious. How dare you throw chat. a bottle of mustard? Right. We're gonna find your university. We want all yeah. of these these people banned, but we're not gonna talk about what caused the mustard bottle. We're not going to talk about what caused these broadcasters to go ape during the broadcast on what was happening on the field with officiating. Let's get to the root problem with it. And if you're the Big 12, show more concern for officials screwing games up than what the damn Lubbock, Texas broadcast team says during the game. The one thing is, I just think they don't know what to do. They don't know. And here's the other thing. So what happens is, you know what they should do? Show us that it's going to get worse. If they wanted to take action, take that officiating crew from the Tennessee Ole Miss game and fire them. And then say, all right, guys, you got what you wanted. We're bringing up a Sunbelt yeah. crew. And we're bringing them in. And then when that Sunbelt crew is worse, that's when the commissioners can come back and say, see, we have an official's problem. And firing these officials to go to more is not the issue because they're worse than our officials. But at least let us see it and at least do something different. Yeah, and what Show they do, that you're taking action. What they do instead on both levels is you've watched them at home. Hutton and I last Sunday crossed the river not far from here and watched Jerome Boger work. And this week we're going to watch Tony Corrente work. We get a back-to-back, yep. go to Nissan Stadium for an NFL game. The Titans used to draw crappy officials because the Titans were a crappy team that deserved the, the, the 12th crew. Well, now they're the best team in the AFC, and uh, you know they've got a bad opponent this week. Last week they had a good opponent, but we're going there two weeks in a row knowing that there will be a side storyline in all likelihood with well, a bad officiating. But at least with the NFL, there is some, some transparency with uh, you know, the offseason work that they have to put in to verify that they're up to speed on the NFL rulebook. Um, they're doing you know, stuff like Fisher told us yesterday the where they have Saturday. a meeting yeah, I mean, where all the defensive backfield guys right. voted pass interference or no. For the most part. And they're part, going 50-50 on For it. the most part. And they're not household names, but you recognize their name when you read it on the screen. The, the official, the white hat for the NFL games. That's not the case in the Power Five conferences, and they want to keep it that way. Yeah, you're right. That's why they're suspending these crews. They want to keep it that way. Well, but they can't I think a lot of this would be helped if they just if, if they had to show accountability. If they had to meet with media, if they had to talk about it, if there was some contrition for missed calls, I, I think that while people are still going to be angry and it doesn't change the outcome of a game or a bad call, I, I think people would have more patience with that. Who was the umpire that that screwed up the uh the perfect game for the Detroit Tigers pitcher? Where he clearly the last out of the game had him out at first and they didn't get it. Oh, I know. Who Remember, you're he was crying about. when they were yeah. interviewed him. Yes. Post game about Very it. Galarraga, I, I think, it. was the 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 pitcher. Yes. Then I didn't really didn't really hear much from him after that. Um, and I forget the umpire's name, but he was a sympathetic figure. That completely changed. Jim Joyce. Yes, thank you. That completely changed what we thought about that game and Jim Joyce. He was human. And I remember the pitcher even a human saying, guy that made "It's a fine. He made a mistake. Yep. He owned it." 
I really think We've some seen of very that would few help. examples of that. You're absolutely right. And I don't know how he was That's a great point. I don't know how he got his side out. I don't know how he did it. Like a major league baseball him let on, him let him talk. I remember him on camera crying, talking about it. How badly he screwed it up when he went back and watched it. We've not seen that very often. Coming up, NFL underdog wins for Sunday. Plus, Paul's got some props with FanDuel on Outkick 360. I've got two outright winners for you for the NFL underdog picks this weekend. Outkick 360 rolls on. I'm about to get Paul's props as well from 6th and Peabody, Yeehaw Beerle, Smoky Moonshine. Let's start with the game of the week. Cowboys at Chiefs. Wrong team is favored. Take the Cowboys straight up. You're getting two and a half points. Take the money line here. Absolutely. The Cowboys are better. They have the better offense right now. They have the better defense right now. They're better everything right now than Kansas City. I would bet Dallas straight up to win on the road um, this Sunday afternoon against Kansas City. And the Saints over the Eagles. The Saints are underdogs plus two against Philly. Now this comes down to do you trust the Saints run defense or do you trust Philly's rushing offense? That's what this game comes down to. I trust the Saints defense because they've done it week in and week out. Philly has just found their rushing offense. Therefore, I'm taking New Orleans on the road straight up. Those are my two underdogs. Dude, straight up winners. You're, you're golden right there because they both should be favorites. I, I like your I, yeah. wrong team's favorite. Yeah. I like wrong that. team's yeah. favorite. If, if you could find two wrong team's favorite every week, you'd, you'd be in the money. Props here. Lowest scoring game on Sunday. Lions at Browns. Goff might not even play. Tim Boyle he is doubtful. Is in line. Tim there. Boyle. Now, not that Goff's any good. Is this? Uh, is he in any relation to Chris Streveler or whatever no, the guy's name well, is? Similar. Uh, that similar. We found out about from South Dakota. Tim, South Dakota Tim State. Tim Boyle sounds like the starter on Thanksgiving Day for some reason to me. The Browns in their last five have scored 14, 17, 10, <laughs> 41 in an aberration, and seven. They're not scoring. Detroit averages 16.6. I feel pretty confident it'll be a low-scoring game, and it is plus 700, which isn't bad. Highest scoring, you know, I don't bet on the Titans. It doesn't mean you can't. Titans, I think, get things going against this terrible Houston Texans team here at plus 1,100. The other side of this at the bottom, lowest scoring team. The Texans haven't scored a touchdown in four consecutive Road games, as John McClain told Make it us, five. they're going for a record here at plus a thousand. Uh, plus a thousand. Yep. Seems like uh, good money. Cowboys, I'm with you on winning this game. Kansas City in three games and two games against good teams. They've played some bad teams. Gave up 38 to Buffalo. Gave up 23 to Kansas City. I'm really on the Cowboys train outside of that Denver game, which was just. I'd crumple it up and throw it away. I like their offense. Chad, you're not lot, buying the Cowboys a yet. A lot, a lot. I'm not buying the Cowboys as some great team yet. I, I buy them as I an do offense. Agree, though, score a lot from of what points. I've seen so far, I, I'm with you guys that the wrong team is favored. Cowboys have been better than the Chiefs this year. So I, I like that underdog pick. I think these, with odds, uh, you're going to find a payoff here. I did finally hit one last week. I didn't find any other upset games that I wanted to go with. I, I think the, fine. for the you most know, we part, we don't want you to force an extra. Nobody wants I've you to force an extra. I've gone with two the last couple one. weeks, but don't I, force it. this week those two were just 
glaring to me. I think it's a good betting week. I've I've been doing like a five, six-game parlay every week where I mix money lines and then I just take one or two with with the spread that I feel good about. And I feel really good about this week. So I, I think there are a lot of like clear games. I'm just going through FanDuel right now, and uh, there's a golf tournament going on. And the, the favorites to win the golf tournament is a guy named Taylor Gooch. And then Gooch. The, the second on the list is a dude named John Huh. H-U-H. Huh? Gooch and Huh. <laughs> Literally, the guy's name is John Huh? Huh? We it's know like him? Julio Jones Do we at know the podium him? on a Friday. Huh? Do we know saying? John? John Huh? By the way, Amari Cooper is on the COVID list for Dallas. He is out for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. That what? just happened. That doesn't help. Doesn't change my opinion, though. No, Was it Tim Boyle or Tim Doyle? Boyle. Boyle. Tim Boyle sounds like an Irish character actor that you've seen in a lot of stuff, but you don't know his name. That's who he is. Brent Hubs, BallQuest.com. We know his name. Up. Bobby Carpenter in 25 minutes on Outkick 360. Hang with us.